0: Politics without the soap opera, with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and minutemen, standing at the ready to fight anew for life, liberty, property, culture, and all of it. But that requires leadership. We try to do our best here to gather together voices of sanity for leadership on the issues that matter, the way they matter, at the time they matter. And it's a brand new month, Friday, December 1st, the last month of the year. It will be a short month of broadcast here, Uh, so we're going to try to make the most of it. We have a lot to get to. Last night was really a seminal moment. Obviously, I'm talking about the DeSantis-Gavin Newsom debate, the debate between the ultimate red state, at least the best we have, and the ultimate blue state, results, outcomes, on quality of life, prosperity, safety, and security, and freedoms. And we've always wondered, we've been saying this for years, what would happen if you actually, at some point, got a competent guy who fully shared our beliefs, had the ability to articulate them, understood the issues with a degree of specificity that's needed to acquit himself on a national stage... And then he actually got into a position and succeeded in it politically with outcomes that would put him on a national platform and would be able to accentuate and expose the radicalism of the other side and juxtapose that to an affirmatively positive vision. And we never had that opportunity in our lifetime. And finally, we did. And we saw the results last night. Then again, we saw the results taking a swing state in Florida, governing farther to the right than ever before, but in the minds of the voters, making it very mainstream and winning a smashing victory. It's just last night you got a glimpse of if we could actually have nice things, what it would look like. Imagine Biden on a debate stage. Imagine if they swap him out for another Democrat. The central point of last night's debate is this. The Democrats are so radical, and I've said this many times before, they have unnaturally grabbed ground that they can't really naturally hold. Yes, they've transformed the country. Yes, demographically we're screwed. But until, you know, the next number of years before the current older generations die, the Democrats don't have You know, a majority of people who support Hamas, who support balls cutting, who support illegal immigration, who support jailbreak, who support ending our quality of life and Marxism. If you have someone that could openly expose it and juxtapose it without distraction, he sounds authentic, he sounds like a family man, he has a command of the facts, we will win. Because the Democrats, partially because Republicans have been so, I would say feckless, but really uh, subversive for so long, and allowed Democrats to unnaturally take ground that they can't hold, if you would now come and poke them, they have a huge problem. They're overextended. And that's what you saw last night with Gavin Newsom. You see, Gavin... He openly supports balls cutting. He supports pornography. He, he can't run away from the COVID stuff. So he has to own it and just say, well, uh, Florida's worse off than California. But it's so, so laughable, no one believes it. There's more crime in Florida than California. No one believes it. And this is ultimately how we could shift back the Overton window of acceptability running on freedom, prosperity, quality of life, security. All those things. Think about the white suburban voters that were needlessly bleeding. By the way, now we know why Trump never wanted to debate DeSantis one-on-one. But here, here's the deal. Having DeSantis as the leader of a party enables us to accentuate the radicalism of the left while Trump allows them... To at least attempt to accentuate our so-called radicalism. Until now, we could never exploit the radicalism of the left because we had people that were either didn't believe in our issues, didn't understand them, or had so many distractions and personal issues, or a mixture of all the above, that it allows the Democrats to skate by, and in this way, you're seeing, with the polling and everything, the people don't want. The crime. The poop on the streets, as he talked about last night. The pornography. I mean, too many do, but not a majority. And not yet until Gen Z reaches critical mass. And the open borders and the, the you know, the green stuff. Remember, I said before, Democrats for the first time ever are not running on giving you things. They're running on taking things away from you. They're running on scarcity. They're running on draconian pagan stoicism it's demonic it's not even liberal it's not even plain socialism it's a demonic form of it so if you actually had a straight shot against them where you come across that you care about the people you care about the issues you understand them all they're left to do is theatrics and that's what Gavin Newsom was the the gyrations of his head and the smiling and the laughing and the scoffing and the talking over but that's all he had but alas we can't have nice things today republicans in congress are going to be forced to vote on expelling santos the homosexual serial liar and then we're just caught between well the democrats are worse they don't get punished if santos should get you know expelled then a hundred of theirs should which i agree with but it's like could we not get into these situations where we have retard, decrepit people so we're like, well, they're better than the Democrats, but you know they're so muddled so we can't have a clean debate on the issues with the Democrats? That's what we had last night. So I want to play just a total of six clips. Um, for those of you who didn't see the whole hour and a half, by the way, it just came across the wires that... So, you know, Hannity's show is usually an hour, but this was a special, so they cut into, you know, an extra half an hour. Now, once they did that, they could have done the full second hour. And Hannity asked them, hey, do you guys want to go longer? And it turns out that Newsom's wife told Hannity's people, this is over. <laughs> okay? And look, I, I, I can't blame them. Uh, it was it was pretty, a pretty bad beatdown for Newsom, and they knew it. And, and it's a beatdown of their their way of life their way of thinking so you know for those of you don't have a full hour and a half I'll, i'll play about five minutes for you here is clip number one on on covid contrasting covid and the economy take a listen here
1: They tax too much. They regulate too much. They have a political agenda. It's not a good climate for business. They've lost a lot of companies. A lot of companies have moved to Texas. We have had some to Florida, but they've lost a lot of companies to Texas because they're not doing a good job uh, looking out for folks and not creating a good business environment. And, um, you know, when I have people that come to Florida, uh, they tell me, you know, you guys actually want us to succeed in Florida. And they feel like when they're in California, they don't want business to succeed. Is that what Disney saying? The Tampa Bay Rays? Well, actually, yeah. I think that's an interesting point with Disney, because uh, I had Disney open during covid and we made them a fortune. We saved a lot of jobs. You had Disney closed inexplicably for over a year. You were not following science. You were a lockdown governor. You did a lot of damage to your people. You had more kids locked out of school for a longer period of time in California than anywhere else in the country. It was the working class kids. It was the middle income kids. His kids were in private school. They were in class. We'll we'll he people me, out let because me, the wait, teachers union are going he is owned by the teachers union, gonna, he the teachers union. Yes. you will never cross the teachers union. this is union. just a lot of high lock gear. stock to, and let's
0: barrel. Talk about co- folks that is the debate we couldn't have and didn't have in 2020 this is in 2020 you know this was seven months after six months seven months after all these policies were proven false late in 2020 But we couldn't because Trump supported this. And indeed, in the debates, Trump got beaten by Biden, which is unbelievable, and ran to his left on COVID. But this was the knockout on COVID and the contrast on freedom and prosperity. This is the sort of discussion we haven't been able to have. Imagine if we would have this against Biden or any Democrat. It is indefensible. Those policies are all extremely unpopular now. The biomedical security state. That is the debate we've been lacking. Now, he didn't get into the vaccines because Hannity and Fox News, of course, um, this is the third time, including the two Fox debates, refused to talk about it. But any day now, the um, what do you call it? The Florida. Grand jury should be coming out with findings. The governor has nothing to do with that once he convenes it. Um, but it should be any day now. They just came out with a 140-page report on illegal immigration, damning report on NGOs that are funded by taxpayers aiding and abetting. That's something I want to maybe get to next week. But um, going down the line there, he's uh, he's going to break news on that. And And look, I give credit to Ken Paxton. That was also big news yesterday, suing Pfizer for fraud. This is something every state attorney general needs to do. Um, And I'm assuming in Florida, they're probably just waiting now till the grand jury stuff, so they have a stronger case. Uh, But every every other one that hasn't done a grand jury should get in on this. But anyway, let's go on to the next thing, anarcho-tyranny. On crime, crime. Take a listen right here on crime.
1: What California wants to do is they want to make it harder for law-abiding citizens to defend themselves. Then they go easy on the criminals who are perpetrating the crime. They don't stand up for the men and women of law enforcement. That's why a lot of people have left the state, because they don't get the support from the communities that they need. And, you know, Gavin told another lie. He said we made it easier for felons to do. Felons are not allowed to possess firearms. That's federal law. That's been long No standing. background check. That checks. is an no absolute lie that he said. Like that—that that has nothing doctor, to do with okay, you're buying fine. or purchasing fine. a weapon. So, so that's just a lie, another lie that's coming up. But here's the thing: people are leaving California in droves because he has failed to stand up for public safety. They are on an ideological joyride to let people out of prison early, to go easy on them. Heck, your buddy uh, Gavin's buddy in Los Angeles, Gascon—he doesn't even prosecute. When you have, when I was in Southern California for the Reagan debate. Uh, a lot of the women tell me they have to take off all their jewelry just to be able to go shopping because otherwise they're going to get mugged. That is the reality that people are facing in California. Right. Gavin can try to put lipstick on that pig, but the fact of the matter is he has failed the people of California.
0: So, folks, again, we couldn't have this debate with Trump. He supported the second – the first step act, criminal justice reform. Every Republican supports it. The Koch brothers support it. Trump was supposed to uproot the Koch brothers and instead made them greater – And elevated their stature in the White House more than any other president. But DeSantis talked about an ideological joyride to let people out of prison. While making it harder on people to defend themselves. The anarcho-tyranny. Hey, you know, women need to take their jewelry off. He made it real. Made it about people. This is how you win the suburban vote. This is how you turn the gun control thing back on them. Wait a minute. You're going to let out the gun felons while taking guns away from the people to defend themselves against the felons you let out. Only one making that clean click case. And again, continuing on the theme of anarcho-tyranny, I want to play about another minute here, clip three from, from the debate last night.
1: So the policies you are implementing that is different from that of California. California's adopting leftist policies. Gavin Newsom was uh, governor or uh, mayor of San Francisco. He put out a 10-year plan like 20 years ago. He was going to end homelessness. Then a few years later, he had another plan. And now he says he's going to do and it's only gotten worse. In the last 10 years in California, the homeless has gone up 45%. It's gone down in Florida 45%. But it's caused a huge problem with quality of life in, in California. The people that flee always bring up this. They've really empowered lawlessness and drug use. And you know, Gavin Newsom, one point tried to say that California was the freedom state. I just kind of laugh, like you're locking people down, you're doing all this. Uh, But then I thought about it, you know, California does have freedoms. Uh, that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the the freedom to uh, have an open-air drug market and use drugs. You have the freedom, if you're an illegal alien, to get all these taxpayer benefits. So so those are freedoms. They're not the freedoms our founding fathers envisioned, but they have contributed to the destruction of the quality of life in California, and the results speak for themselves. Themselves. People are leaving the state because they have failed in addressing the homeless population.
0: Okay, so again, freedoms and quality of life, Free- and the beautiful again, another display of of anarcho tyranny. Oh yeah, you got freedom. You know, I was thinking there last night. Uh, you know, you guys, uh, you lock people down and everything, you take rights away from them, but then you have a freedom to deathgate, freedom for illegal aliens, freedom for open drug markets. Talks about freedom quality of life again things people understand let's go on to clip four this was obviously the highlight when he um whipped out the the graphic of the feces poop map the heat map in san francisco uh take a listen here if you haven't seen it you should watch him take it out take a listen right here
1: an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a a fact of life except when a communist dictator comes to town, then they cleaned up the streets. They lined the streets with Chinese flags. They didn't put American flags there. They cleaned everything up. So they're willing to do it for a communist dictator, but they're not willing to do it for their own. I, to, just, I want to get in with such, the limited time we have left. I want nice. to get there too.
0: Okay. So he talked about human feces is now fact of life. Oh, except when a communist dictator comes, then you clean it up with and you know, display of Chinese flags. Again the juxtaposition of anarcho-tyranny, right versus wrong. It's so easy once you have a guy who believes and is smart and understands and doesn't have distractions and the personal baggage. We could have a clean shot. Then we come to values. Then we come to values. You know, Republicans struggle with that. And even some good conservatives struggle with that. Because we don't have a party that lives the life and and sounds authentic that they have young kids and they care about parents. So it's like, hey, why are you lecturing me? And they're losing now on the abortion debate. Now, I don't have the clip in front of me on abortion, but he successfully accentuated the radicalism of Gavin Newsom by talking about how, cornering him, how he basically supports no limits on it. That's the way to do it. Um, But again, you need a guy who lives the life of a conservative. And and then also, you, you don't just focus on that, but you focus on the stronger social issue, which is the pornography, the tranny the stuff. Take a listen to what DeSantis had to say here about the tranny stuff.
1: This may be the biggest. In California, if you're a parent in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina, mm, your minor child can go to California without your knowledge or without your consent – and get Hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and a sex change operation, yeah. all without you knowing or consenting. How in the heck is that well, you know honoring parents' rights when you're bringing people from out of state to go around their parents' backs and getting life altering surgeries? That is radical. That you know, is extreme. Ron, kids that is an assault on live. parents' rights. You know what? Ron, it's not for you is, to decide. You see, it's for you know the what? parents to it's decide. The, you know what? And the these parents kids do not want their to kids survive. going I to find these this other honestly. things.
0: Folks, that was the best takedown of social liberalism in my entire life. It really was. You know, you know, just, just a minute there, 42 seconds. This is how you talk about values. He, he, he talked about radical and extreme. He came across authentic, caring about parent rights. Just took a sledgehammer to him. By the way, you could tell Newsom didn't know what was coming. Because he never dealt with that. Democrats never have to deal with this. Because either Republicans seed the premise so they agree to most of what they're saying and they're just well, well they're all defensive about it or if they're feisty they're just they're just dumpster fires they're just not good at it they don't understand the issues well they don't acquit themselves well and they make us look stupid and then finally let's play what do we have here well, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have the abortion clip in front of me, so we'll keep it at that. But folks, this is what we could have. The question is, will DeSantis be a David or, or, or a Josiah? A David in the fact that ultimately he does win out, or a Josiah, where God brought a leader after all those generations of idolatry, a leader who was as great as Moses in repentance. You know, throwback to, to well, you know, before any of those generations of idolatry existed, to give the generation one t- chance to repent. And the generation just didn't deserve him and rejected him. You know, as he got rid of the, the Baal, they worshiped it privately. And that's why God brought the destruction of the first commonwealth of Judea, the temple. And that's the question Will, will we take yes for an answer? When you have proof of concept on governing the, the farthest to the right with success on outcomes and then being able to acquit on a national stage and win elections. But the polls, the polls, again, <laughs> elections show all Republicans losing until now, except for DeSantis. All of them underperforming the polls except for DeSantis. But we have we have the polls. By the way, if you notice, Trump was silent last night, dead silent. I actually wonder if if the the Trump campaign also tried to get Hannity to cut cut it off. There must have been some falling out there with Hannity, um, because there's no way Hannity could get away with uh, doing this much help for DeSantis if he, uh, at least inadvertently, if he hasn't uh, broken ranks with Trump by now. So, look, I guess he was the first in, now first out. Kind of interesting there. But folks, I want to change gears here today. Um, You know, I was planning on talking about this the entire time. We haven't talked about some of the latest studies and news on the vaccines for a while. And I have a special guest coming up. Um, But first, uh, today we're sponsored by my good friend Phil Robertson, my colleague. He has a new documentary out about his life of repentance, which is... Something a lot of us need. All of us need. It's called "The Blind." A Phil Robertson story. Uh, it's really a, a good feeling, a good feel-good story of redemption that you don't see elsewhere. Um, it's available if you go to blazeTV.com/slash/the blind for just nineteen ninety-nine. That's blazeTV.com/slash/the blind. You'll be supporting a good cause and 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 really a good story this time of year. Um, you know, as as the two major religions celebrate their respective holidays: Hanukkah, uh, Christmas. Um, It is a good time to recognize God in your life, and ultimately, we are not going to achieve any political solution without that. Um, So obviously, one of the big solutions we need is on the vaccines. Okay, We now know the shot killed millions of people, debilitating injuries left and right. Um, As I've said, we need a medical freedom constitutional amendment. We're gonna continue pushing in the legislative sessions, make sure you have one in your state. We got the Ken Paxton lawsuit coming up. And, you know, this is something that we we really need to deal with. I cannot find a pediatrician for my kids. You know, not only should these shots be criminalized, taken off the market by a mile, but we need to start investigating all the other ones. And I, I just wanna put out here just, just a couple of the pieces. You know, I don't have time to go through a month a month's worth worth of details. You know, I can't sit and just do studies all day. We have a lot of other issues, but I wanted to get back today to some of this stuff, um, just to demonstrate the ubiquitous nature of long term harms. You know, I, I have a father. My my father is um, he, he was starting to have his hear his hearing go last number of years and it got really bad after he got the shot. It's so so tragic because he thought he'd have to travel to South Korea for work and then he wound up retiring. So it was because of that he got the first round. He didn't get any more after that. And we were always wondering if this had what to do with it. There's a series of three studies from the Korean National Health Insurance data, uh, Korean researchers using data from the the, the, the National Socialist Healthcare system. million vaccinated people they used as a control group, 289,000 unvaccinated, and they found the vaccinated were more likely to suffer blood disorders, hematologic abnormalities, including aplastic anemia, which is a condition that basically um, your bone marrow doesn't produce enough red blood cells. Uh, They found a range of conditions, including... um, uh, you know, bursitis, Achilles tendonitis, all these long-term aching pains. Um, and this was regardless of which vaccine they took. And then another study that found glaucoma, vision loss, warts, herpes zoster, which we knew, um, uh, hair loss is another one. And then menstrual disorders, obvious bruising, Tinnitus, inner ear disease, middle ear disease, and other ear diseases. I mean, just the breadth of this is unbelievable. Remember, this was a a, a comparison of very large sample size of their centrally socialized medical uh, insurance data from the government. Noticing, you know, with, you know, adjusting for all the confounders and everything, noticing a statistically significant, often very statistically significant uh, rate of increase in all of these ailments across every gambit of organ system. And now, now by the way, there's this discussion of, I don't know if you saw this mysterious pneumonia outbreak in Warren County, Ohio, other places, days after similar illness reported in China. This is from The Messenger, a, new, a relatively new publication. And you read it, and several parallel stories, and you'll find in the articles, it's not a new illness like a new, you know, Wuhan leak, a new COVID thing. It's the same disorders. It's actual strep, regular bacterial pneumonia, or RSV. And it's funny they're even willing to now posit lockdowns, d- 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 like diminishing, depleting children's immune systems, as as a culprit. But we're too far out from that. So now they want to blame that because that's not in vogue anymore. But in fact, we know what it is. It's the vaccines. And, you know, just generally, the more, and and, and even if you you yourself didn't get the vaccine, but if you have such a large percentage that do, that have decrepit immune systems, so you're just going to pass around more of this stuff. But, um, but meanwhile, they're on to the next, the RSV shots. Trial Site News has a whole article out now how in Minnesota RSV shots they found that they were giving the adult version to infants. Again, it's all good. It's all good. No quality control. It's all good. And, and, and there, there's not even a speed bump ahead of it. And just getting back to the DeSantis, that is the only way we can have a reckoning. The minute Trump becomes or reaffirms his leadership as the nominee of the party— We're done. I mean, that's his legacy. This is such a critical issue. This is a bigger pro-life issue than abortion. The amount of shots that they have coming out are, are on the market that we need to uproot and expose the truth to and uproot the biomedical security state. When you find this degree of calamity, we have to get rid of the notion of a schedule. The childhood schedule. I mean, I can't get around it. Got big problems. The private schools are all into it too. Sometimes it's even harder because then you can't rely on religious exemptions. That's ironically for public schools. Is that well, Daniel? Find a different private school. Well, you know, aren't that many of them. And you know, to the extent they didn't buy into it for COVID, I mean, none of the places I sent my kids did. But the other shots they do, and and some of them are very problematic. And then we still have the sudden deaths and the cancers. And, and this is a good segue into our next guest with the DNA plasmids, the adulteration, the poison. But I want to first read here my buddy Ed Dowd, who has collected a cadre of data analysis experts, he put together data looking at UK mortality numbers from the Office of National Statistics, and they found a striking pattern. While almost all deaths among older people in 2021, 2022, the first two years of the vaccine, the main the main two years of the vaccine in England and Wales had been coded, meaning they were accounted for, eight percent of deaths among 15 to 44 year olds in 2021, and 30% of them in 2022 had not been coded. He noted that when you die in a hospital, you leave a trail of life and death with indications of what led to the death. When a young person dies at the wheel of a car walking down the street or in their sleep, there's an investigation that consumes time to assign the cause of death. So what he noted is that the missing codes is indicative of this problem of a torrent of sudden young deaths that's like, whoa, okay, you didn't have cancer, you didn't have heart disease, you just drop dead. That's a huge, very innovative way of finding that signal. But then he found cancer rates. And by the way, Ethical Skeptic has this too in the US um, that rates are up eight percent of cancer in one year across the board. But he found a 28% rise in, fe- in fatal breast cancer rates in among women in 2022, ages 15 to 44. Okay, this is just 15 to 44. This is- so that's jarring, 20%. An 80% increase in pancreatic cancers among women and 60% among men. So, you know, I think it's more often in men as a baseline, 55% increase. Among men in colon cancer, 41% increase in women, 120% increase in fatal melanomas among men, 35% in women, 35% increase in brain cancer among men, 12% in women. These are all deaths, not incidents. These are all deaths. 60% increase in cancer deaths among men with cancers without site specification. Those might be your kind of turbocharged, like, sudden deaths. Breast cancer dominates in women. The most common cause of fatal cancer in women age 15 to 44 is breast cancer, representing about 25% of the total excess death rate caused by uh, tumors in women in 2022. While fatal cancer deaths rose dramatically among both young men and young women in 2022, young men saw a disproportionately higher rise in cancer deaths but with no dominant cancer comparable to breast cancer in women, so it's kind of an assortment: brain cancer, colon, stomach, all of it. Um, the thing with the, the cancers without specification of sight, it was in both women and men, and were likely metastasized already once they were identified, and that's that. That's what that d- demonstrates, like. You know, with all the technology we have, you know, with with oncology, what you can't identify what it is—that's a little bit weird. But that's what it is. They they didn't discover it until it was at the metastatic stage, which certainly—I mean, this is even open source. I mean, the media—they won't admit what the cause is, but the fact that we have this trend in oncology—that that's settled fact already. Men experienced a huge rise in skin cancers. We've seen a lot of skin ailments and skin inflammation. So it's not surprising wherever you see hyperinflammation, you're going to see higher cancers. Cancers of the digestive tract exploded in 2021 and 2022 relative to the 2010 to 2019 baseline. And pancreatic cancer saw a very large rise in both sexes. Um, And that's the story, folks. So when we talk about that Canadian study about 17 million people dying worldwide from the vaccine, that's the opening bid. That's before you get to the real long-term uh, stuff. And that leads me to my next guest. So, folks, before we get to our special guest, I'm actually just seeing it come across the wires. a uh, Half of the Republicans did vote with Democrats to expel George Santos. And again, yeah, if I were in Congress, I probably would support uh, the conservatives who didn't uh, vote to expel him. But the reality is, this is what we're dealing with. A bunch of clowns. This guy's a creep, but the Democrats are creepier, so it's not fair. Wouldn't it be nice if we could actually have a debate over the issues that matter and die on the hill of, you know, people dying you know, like the adulteration of COVID vaccines. And it just underscores why we need a leader who can and will articulate these things without the baggage, uh, unlike what we're dealing with now. So speaking of that, um, so folks, we know that the spike protein is a poison. We know the lipid nanoparticles are a poison. The mRNA is poison. But increasingly... Towards the end of our coverage, when we started, you know, stopped regularly covering this every day, just because we have so much going on, we we had on Kevin McKernan, a biologist who made an unbelievable discovery that the poison was poisoned, okay, that you had adulteration of the actual poison, you know, aside from its main mechanism of action, we had DNA plasmids left over from the concoction, the creation of this potion, that were in the vials at much greater levels than what the WHO, um, the European Medicine Agencies, and the US FDA deems as safe. And obviously that worked together with several studies we've talked about before that hinted to DNA problems within the vaccine, reverse transcription, so when you're looking at these long-term consequences that we're now starting to actualize, particularly with the cancers, does this open up a whole nother can of worms? And since then, there's a ton of more evidence that I just haven't had time to get to. And also, aside from just the consequences to one's health of having taken this with the plasmid DNAs, it raises a lot of questions about adulteration with possibly a lot of these other vaccines, the RSV vaccines, all this other stuff that we don't know about. And of course, there's no desire to get to the bottom of this as well. Um, So with us today is uh, an old guest. Investigative journalist Sonia Elijah from the UK, she writes at the Brownstone Institute, one of our uh, friendly allies, trial site as well, and she has an important substack that I want you guys to go to right now, Sonia Elijah Investigates. She has a two-part series, Thou Shalt Not Adulterate, on the totality of the evidence of the DNA plasmid contamination and I, I, you know, I didn't have time to get to it, but I wanted to do a good summation today. Hey, Sonia, thanks for staying on this, even as some of us are distracted. Really appreciate you joining us today.
2: Oh, no, thank you so much, Daniel, for having
0: me back on. So I'm finding this is now going mainstream. They, they said it was a conspiracy theory. And now even the Australian spectator is saying this is a headline. Scientists shocked and alarmed at what's in the mRNA shots. So, Sonia, what do we know is in the shots aside from, you know, the spike protein that's a problem in its own right?
2: Yes, I mean, what's really I find alarming, Daniel, that the regulators themselves obviously don't even know what's in these shots. Um, so, um, just to put things into context, we were told we were told obviously many lies when these products came out. We were told that the mRNA, first of all doesn't go into the nucleus, it won't integrate. That's one of the lies we were told. The other lie we were told is that it just stays in the arm. So just putting that into context, so moving on, I, I, I. Uh, it was fantastic. You know, it's great that you had Kevin McKernan on your show, uh, and I mean, obviously, his his sort of findings in early twenty twenty three kicked this all off. What is so alarming is that they found him and other authors. They published a paper recently um, in uh, uh, it was a preprint paper, and uh, they found billions of fragments of this plasmid bacterial DNA in the Pfizer and BioNTech shots, and also in the Moderna shots. And um, I, a few weeks ago, interviewed Joshua Gertzko, who's senior lecturer at the Hebrew University, and he talked about basically this change in the manufacturing process. This is what's gone on with Mm. the Mm. Pfizer shots. They went from process one to process two, because the question we need to ask ourselves is how did it get in there? How why we why do we have so much residual DNA in these in these shots, which you're, they're supposed to be mRNA shots, right? Um, it's because they in, in order to upscale production in order to mass you know uh, manufacture at a large scale they cut costs, they cut corners and from they went from go, using a PCR process to amplify the DNA template. Used to make used in making the mRNA. Um, they went to uh, they they chose to do uh, they used E. coli bacteria to grow to replicate the DNA that's used as a template for the mRNA, and that that process introduced a lot of contamination. Um, so that's sort of where we're at.
0: Um, so so but- Sonia, I I want to make sure you don't bury the lead here because there's two big stories that that are merging. Um, uh, Josh Kutzko's revelation there, it's not just the, the plasma DNA contamination, but as part of that, and this has other ramifications aside from the DNA stuff, the vials that the public was, were exposed to, right? The, the, the stuff that actually was used commercially is not what was used in the clinical trial. Is that correct?
2: Yes, and he coined the term. It's been a bait and switch, which is this sort of, you know, insidious sort of marketing ploy where you know you're given one, you're 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 thinking you're buying one product when actually you're getting a very inferior product.
0: And and, and this is very important because you know obviously we have the Prep Act here and most countries as well indemnified the companies from liability, but that's only if you know they're they're indemnified from what they say they're they're selling but if they engage in fraud and give you something yep. else that's yes. a whole different story so this really yep. you know is going to shed a lot of light on our ability to get more exposure and hold them accountable and prevent I this for so. the future with uh, the texas attorney general's lawsuit now taking the yes. fraud yes. aspect i think this makes a strong case for it
2: Yes, absolutely. It was so good to see that lawsuit being filed by the attorney general. Um, So yes, so um, going back to the the um, also what they found, and this was in only in the Pfizer BioNTech shots, they found um, SV SV forty, which is a cancer promoting genetic sequence. The SV stands for simian virus, and it's a it's a known oncogenic dna virus oncogenic means it's tumor causing so they actually use this virus to induce cancer in lab animals to study cancer and how it progresses why is that why is that sequence in these shots in the pfizer shots i go i went back and just doing this is to do with my part one, I looked at the history of this SV40 virus that was also found in the orig- in the polio vaccines, the oral polio vaccines from the sixties that were contaminated with uh, with simian virus, and that comes from um, they used monkey kidney cell cultures to produce. The, the vaccine, and that, that these kidneys monkey kidney cells were harboring simian virus, and that's how it got into into the vaccines in the sixties, and that was the whole virus that they found. Now, putting uh, to do with the Pfizer vaccine, the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine, they've found a partial two components of the virus have been found: the SV340 uh, promoter and enhancer. And these are, uh, there's a lot of ramifications for this, because the enhancer enhances the transcription rate in the genome. And we know from the work of Dr. David Dean, who's from the University of Rochester, um, that his lab found that portions of SV40 enhancer are required for nuclear entry of plasmid DNA in all cells that contain a nucleus. So... um, and they found that that the plasmids that do contain the enhancers migrate to the nucleus within several hours. Um, and so this is, we have it in the literature that it goes to the nucleus. It integrates with the, with the, with the host DNA in the nucleus. We have also the findings of Dr. Philip Buckholtz, who testified in September in front of the South Carolina yes. Senate, with his findings, and he said that the DNA can and will likely integrate into the genomes of transfected cells. He said this is a real hazard for genome modification of somatic cells, which could cause sustained autoimmune autoimmune attack towards that tissue. He also talked about the the theoretical risk of future cancers. Now just in October, October 19th. And that is quite a special day, Daniel, because that's when the paper, the Spiker et al. paper was published in the OSF, on the OSF server. And I spoke to the lead author, David Spiker. And um, on that day it was published, that was the day we heard that Health Canada confirmed the presence of this plasmid DNA in the shots. This is a story that the Epoch Times broke um, in October. So they've, they've, they've confirmed that it's there, right? But they've used the excuse that we didn't know about it because the sponsor didn't tell us, the sponsor being BioNTech, did not tell them that it was in the shots. We've had confirmation from the European Medicine Agency, the EMA, They've said that, it, they've confirmed it. But again, we, they use the excuse, we were not told. I wrote to the, on the heels of the uh, Spiker et al. paper, and the Epoch Times breaking the story about Health Canada, I wrote to the MHRA, which is the UK drug regulator. They responded to me, and their response, I put in my part one, and it's very damning because they actually said they have no intention to test the (laughs) Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine for the presence of fragmented DNA in SV40 enhancer. They also uh, admitted that they have not tested any of the vaccines at the vial level. They also admitted that the independent testing lab they do use does not verify the composition of the vaccine. They only assess key parameters like RNA content or RNA integrity. And if people who've been following my work, they know I did a big expose on the drop in RNA integrity that all the regulators knew about before they authorized it, they allowed it, they dropped it down to 50%, allowing half the vaccine vials to have a fragmented mRNA in it. So, I mean, this is just scandal upon scandal. We know that, um, yeah, this is it. They, they, They are... Uh, We have regulators admitting it on one hand, but not doing anything about it, but saying still safe and effective. (laughs) We have the UK regulator just refusing to even look into it and they're not going to test. We have another story. This is in my part two. Moderna knew of the risks of injecting plasmid DNA, Daniel. They had a patent, a 2019 patent, where this was to do with one of their mRNA uh, vaccines for respiratory virus. They said in their patent they were aware of the risks of the possibility of insertional mutagenesis, which is when external DNA integrates with the host's genome, and how it can activate oncogenes. Oncogenes are mutant genes that raise your risk of having cancer. So Moderna knew of these risks, okay. Another thing, another thing, they had a patent, Daniel, They had a second patent, 2018 patent, where they uh, have they 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 basically invented a superior method to remove residual DNA from 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 drug products. So they actually had they they came up with the invention to remove it, a superior method. They patented it, but they didn't do anything with their own product. They didn't. So they knew how to remove it. They even came up with an advanced superior method of removing it years ago, but why did they fail to do it with, with their own vaccine that they've, they've pushed out? And the CEO and founder of BioNTech, Uğur Sahin, there's a 2014 paper, his research paper, where he admits that DNA, can, plasmid DNA, can integrate into the genome and there's a risk of insertional mutagenesis. So that's, that's from BioNTech too. So they all knew the dangers of injecting plasmid DNA. They failed to screen and their own products. They failed to do any safety uh, testing. They, they just sort of rolled it out to the public, to pregnant women, to young children, to babies as young as six months old, right? And this has just been one mass catastrophic disaster.
0: I mean, I'm just listening to this and thinking, how could something of such grave consequence ubiquitously affecting almost everyone in the world? Yeah. Not even be news and there's no political effort. I mean, we have a little bit here, like a little bit in Florida with the grand jury. It should be coming out soon. And, and, and then the attorney general packs in Texas. But otherwise, it's more like, OK, just don't mandate it. But but, whoa, I mean, we're well beyond that. Um, What I what I gather from your saying and, and this interesting because I was just talking about a series of South Korean studies using massive sample sizes from national health insurance data um, on just the scope of syndromes we're seeing so you know just the spike protein you could say it has certain hallmarks the hematological stuff the blood clotting cardiovascular um, the myocarditis certain inflammation but then there's just the fact that we are seeing every bizarre ailment in every inch of the body so that's why i wonder if if this dna contamination the fact that it could reverse yeah. transcribe into any nucleus of any cell anywhere now just makes it suspect on everything that, you know cuz we we read about here it it's everything from vision oriented stuff hearing stuff um skin things i mean it's just unlimited yeah. so this opens up a whole new pandora's box of of long term potential damage yes. right
2: Yes. I mean, when I interviewed David Spiker, who was the lead author of that paper I talked about that was published in October, he said, and obviously I've got his comment in my in my piece. He said the, the, the published literature is clear uh, about DNA fragments uh, with SV14 enhancer entering the cytoplasm that will translocate to the nucleus and integrate. This could have untold effects for generations
0: Generations, because I mean, you get into reproductive health, which we already knew from the spike Uh, protein uh, itself was a problem.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so it's so damning. And don't forget, this is this is raw DNA. So there's no reverse transcript. This is DNA, uh, uh, a foreign, like a uh, external DNA being injected and going into the host genome. So it travels directly to the nucleus. There's no river, doesn't need to do any other thing. And go, that's where it's supposed to migrate, right? And the enhancer, this SV40 enhancer, that basically enhances that transcription rate into the genome. So it, 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 it sort of makes it more effective to go into the nucleus, right? Just looking so, at so David-
0: What's scary about this is that's a whole nother mechanism of action that could explain the sudden rash of cancers turbo cancers aside from the inflammation the screwing around with antibodies so the whole igg4 problem that you start tolerating certain things and it turns off your cancer suppressor Genes. Yes. I mean, there's multiple yes. ways we understood this before this revelation, before the SV40 promoter. But this is almost just like a direct, uh, um, you know, mutagenic yes. mechanism of action. Not just turning off your surveillance yes. defensively, yes. but yes. actually mutagenic in its own. Um, I'm sorry. Um, carcinogenic in its yes. own right. Um, I I don't even know what to do anymore because it's like. Sonia, I feel like and God bless you for doing your work, I feel like we could spend our days, you know, pointing out a study that will show a hundred percent of people will die within 10 years or whatever. and it won't move the needle. For your part in the UK, do you see any legal or political avenue to getting yeah. these things off the market and having some sort of cathartic change in the way we approach vaccines?
2: Yes, I mean, what has been sort of like a glimmer of light, Daniel, is the AstraZeneca uh, uh, lawsuit. Mm. Have you been following that? So that's sort you know, of not
0: so closely because we don't have that one here, and and Johnson and Johnson was taken off the market. So, yes. uh, l- l- so l- that- l- let's brief our, our audience a little bit on what's going on with that.
2: Yeah, I just know that the families, uh, I don't know too much about it because I've been just sort of buried in other research, but um, they've they've sort of taken uh, families who've lost loved ones to the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is a viral vector vaccine. It works quite differently to the Moderna, which is mRNA-based, and the Pfizer and BioNTech one, again, which is mRNA-based. Um so they've lost loved ones. they've 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 taken they're taking AstraZeneca to court. Um obviously, we know that even AstraZeneca, they're all indemnified, right? They all benefit from this um, uh, from you know from people uh, trying to sue them, right? They have this sort of shield of indemnification. So, um, so I don't know how this will sort of play out probably the UK government will be forking out money probably to these families. This is what I suspect will happen. Um, but it's a start. It's a start that it's been, it's sort of, you know, in, it's in the sort of, uh, uh, sort of, uh, court system, and, and it's being looked at. So, uh, I, I hope these, these families get the justice that they deserve and, and the right verdict. Um, because uh, we know that AstraZeneca, the biggest issue of that was clotting. It was these mm-hmm. clotting the thrombosis that was going on with the AstraZeneca vaccine. And it was pulled. It was taken off the market. Very quietly, it was taken off the market. Right. Um, but we had the uh, inventor, so to speak, of that vaccine getting a standing ovation, a standing ovation at the uh, Wimbledon a few years ago. Um, so. You know, and they've enjoyed millions of uh, pounds of profit from this. So Oxford (laughs) University, Oxford University has made millions from this vaccine.
0: It's a drive by. It's a drive by. And then and that's the point. They just move on to the next. So now the same people that benefited from this get to do it all over again with RSV, pregnant women, infants, seniors. I mean, it's unreal what is going on. Prima facie, their own trial data which you can never rely upon it's fabricated yeah. but even their own stuff shows problems with reproductive health and you know neonatal um, or preterm birth and, and neonatal deaths and things like that and it just it keeps going on and in that vein I'm just wondering from from the totality of research you've seen with the SV40 promoter and adulteration from DNA in general from what we know is that only going to be a concern With the COVID shots, or does that raise concern with the general production of other vaccines as well?
2: I think it's it's it it raises concerns with other vaccines as well because these are adulterated they're contaminated you know they they why, why is their dna in there you know that that why why has it not been removed before it was rolled out um, obviously I spoke about why it got into uh, specifically that the Pfizer one the Pfizer bioNTech one because they changed their manufacturing process um, And even that, like we said, is a it's a scandal within itself. Right. (laughs) You know. uh, And so the product that they actually did the clinical trial on is different to what they rolled out. Right. It's absolutely a different product. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is it it, it raises a question about really anything. It it
0: really does. And Sonia, even if it's not through the mRNA-making process, because the other ones on the market aren't, and even the RSV shots, Moderna's, when it comes out soon, will be mRNA. The other ones are not. But like you're saying, there is a question of general adulteration of a multitude of other unknown things. And the reason is this. We're a believer here in free markets. And Mm. so when you have a natural demand and need for something, and natural forces, we believe it will police... The betterment of of the product. The problem with vaccines is that it is there is nothing like that in the entire world where you have the boot of government and all of its tentacles in every country, not just promote it and monopolize the public square in uh, promoting it it's that you have a schedule like like you know uh, an oil change in a car this yeah. is what every human being needs to undergo and it's imbued in every school it's imbued in every hospital it's imbued in every pediatrician's office so yeah. what that's done is it's shielded it's shielded that entire industry from the natural check and balance yes. on on, on that sort of behavior and, and and you know I talked recently on my show we're saw, seeing a little bit of a parallel with electric vehicles with a yeah. lot of safety problems and, and spontaneous combustion and fires yeah. because also you have government tailwinds that are unnatural they're basically mandating it they're subsidizing it they're they're giving it pre- pre- free promotion they're monopolizing the public square in support of it now the one element you don't have with that is the final element which is pure indemnification so indeed stellantis had to take 32,000 of them off the market because you could still get sued here you have all of that and then you're not sued and and that's why there is no faith um we cannot assume hemlock stuff put in it you know what i mean like there's nothing you could assume um so i don't want to get too caught into oh it's only sv40 it's only dna it's only this process who knows what it could be because we can't assume that the natural forces that would bring that to light would work here give you the final word before we sew up
2: and i would just use the word regulatory capture that has Mm. also we cannot trust the regulator. We cannot trust the drug regulators, the FDA, MHRA, EMA, Health Canada. They're all bought. They're all in the pockets of the pharmaceutical industry because they rely on the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical industry for their funding, right? The application fees. So how the, the, the watchdog's teeth have been pulled out, essentially, you, you have the pharmaceutical companies marking their own homework and the regulators just nodding their head and allowing it to sell through there is no checks and balances these these the the, the the there is a dereliction of duty that has gone on by the regulators they need to be disbanded and literally built up from scratch you know from um, it's and, it's and just so by,
0: it's so by. tragic what you're saying because you know i have to be treated like a thief in the middle of the night you know with with a pediatrician getting kicked out of one to another, trying to find, you know, okay, we'll only come in for sick visits, but then they start realizing, and it's like as if we did something wrong, as if we have to explain our concerns, and they don't have to answer any of this. I mean, what's amazing is, I'm sure this is true in the UK too, but I mean, any pediatrician, they don't even know what you're talking about with the (laughs) plasma DNA adulteration, even though all of the major regulators, the FDA, by the way, included have conceded it exists the fda just says it's safe and effective we don't think it's a problem yes, exactly. without evidence but they admit that it's there the yep. doctors don't even know the existence of this issue
2: nope they have no idea They've it's just literally the blind leading the blind but what what it's i mean it, it's i do feel it's something a bit more insidious with, with this sort of um this this unholy this un this this relationship between the regulators and the pharmaceutical companies. They just need to be completely separated. They're they're far from independent, these these regulatory bodies. There's an agenda that they're, they're they're driven by the best interests of the pharmaceutical company rather than promoting public yeah. health. That yeah. is paramount. That's been so obvious these past few years and it's just really come to a head with these um modified gene therapy products. They always were classified as gene therapy. You look at BioNTech Security Exchange Commission filings, you look at Moderna's, they classified them as gene therapy products. Um, and But they were marketed as vaccines, right?
0: It was unbelievable, for free. They got a, a change in designation against yeah. all laws. And I think we now have a, a strong legal case. And the other thing I just wanna point out is, folks, you know, we have the state legislative sessions coming up very soon. And it just underscores the importance of even having these hearings that we're able to expose something seminal through just a random South Carolina Senate hearing. So, you know, I'm going to be pushing to get this done in as many at least red states as we can because you just need one state to get this out. But ultimately, we got to move this past the goal line. And, And folks, like I said, ultimately tying back to the first part of the show, you need a leader in America who has the beliefs and the smarts to articulate this and in the current, uh, de facto leader, not only do, do are we missing those elements, we're also, you know, missing the fact that when it comes to this particular issue, he will never broach it because he still thinks it's a hundred percent safe and effective. And, and this is a big problem. We, 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 cannot ignore this in this context. So, I mean, do with it what you want. Sonia, you are coming out with a book very soon. Your work is meticulous. It's ironclad. Um, you know, we have a lot of reactionaries. It's a long discussion here. And, you know, commensurate with how evil the establishment is, sometimes we have re- reactionaries that get things wrong and lead people astray. And I really rely on your work, that it's it's very balanced, it's very fact-oriented, and that's what people need. We can't afford to make mistakes, even in pursuit of truth. And uh, I really look forward to your book. Again, the substack is... Um, uh, Sonia Elijah's, Elijah investigates as well as Sonia, S-O-N-I-A underscore Elijah on Twitter. Thanks for joining us today and thank you all. God bless you all. Have a terrific terrific weekend.